Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The 11 to 1 Show. It's not every day a helicopter carrying the American president lands in your GA pitch. I'm going to be chatting to Niall Brady, chairman of Cooley Kickhams, very, very shortly. Irene Cara, what a feeling. This is LMFM's 11 to 1, Sinead Brazel here. And the feeling is one of excitement in the Wee County. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's building. Because everyone's preparing for the long-anticipated visit of US President Joe Biden. One man who's very excited is Niall Brady. He's from Cooley Kickham's GAA Club and he's on the line with me now. Niall, how are you getting on this morning? How are you? Very good, very good. No doubt there's butterflies in the stomach, Niall. It's not every day that a US President lands in a helicopter in GAA Cooley Kickham's. No, fantastic day for the club and the community. Sinead, we're all very excited out here in the Canadian Peninsula. Looking forward to the arrival of President Joe Biden. I'm sure he are. But tell me, how did all this come about? Uh, I, I was at Parnell Park last Wednesday night at the Loud Dublin minor match. And just before kicking, I had a strange number on the phone. And I was deciding whether to answer or not answer. And I seen Washington at the bottom. I said, maybe I should answer this. <laughs> and I answered. And then it was uh, the US Embassy. And he asked, uh, to permission to land some helicopters on our football pitch and would I be available to meet a guy on uh, Thursday morning. Just so like that. how it all began. Yeah. Just like that. And you see this number coming up uh, whilst you're in the middle of this game and uh, you're probably thinking, because like, I'd definitely be thinking this has to be a scam or something. Yeah, yeah, that went through my mind. I said, uh, so I wasn't going to answer, but then when I seen Washington, I said, uh, this, this could be important. <laughs> so it was the US Embassy and um, so I arranged to meet their guy then on Thursday morning, uh, Richard from the Presidential Helicopter Squadron. Um, so he wanted to survey the grounds and see what was suitable for landing a helicopter. Um, I said, yeah, it should be no problem. Uh, J.P. McManus would land his uh, when he was here for the funeral of his Aunt Aggie. Is right, so yes. I said there's no, no issues landing helicopters and his pilot at that time said that our pitch was one of the designated areas in the peninsula of the 42. So I knew we were okay to land helicopters. So when I met with Richard, I was showing him the pictures of JP's helicopter and he said, because um, I knew it was one of the biggest in Ireland. I said, oh, good man. He says, that's that's a, that's only a toy. <laughs> I said, wow, what's coming here? So he showed me pictures then of the Chinooks that was going to be landing. And he says, some of our guys are going to call in the next uh, few minutes. So uh, next three blacked out limos arrived with three Secret Service agents. And we proceeded then to, do, to inspect the top field. We have two pitches in Cooley, one along the main road, which wouldn't really be suitable. And then our main pitch, uh, or the top pitch then, which will be very dry. Uh, so we went up and we inspected the pitch. And he says, yes, this looks good. Um, and he says, our guys will be arriving now. So 10 minutes later, 50 Secret Service agents, uh, guys from the U.S. Embassy, White House, all arrived. And they inspected the grounds and they, were, they couldn't get over the scenery with the way the mountains are moaned. Oh, the beautiful yeah. scenery up on our top pitch and Maeve's Gap and I was explaining to them the whole history of the Brown Bull and they were really fascinated by all this and the scenery on the day was beautiful because the sun was shining. And oh, I know. It was so, perfect so conditions, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. they proceeded to make plans um, 
for, for the arrival on um, the day. So and, and no, they no, have to, no yeah. bother to you. Like you kept your cool there. Like I mean, I'd be freaking out if all these uh, Secret Service people sort of arrived <laughs> into my pitch I went in blackout cars and all the rest of it. You were cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a bit novel at first. Like you said, I thought it was a bit of a hoax initially. Uh, and then uh, Richard was very, very professional and uh, they went through the pitch thoroughly and lined out miles there where the helicopter was going to be landing. He said there'd be five Chinooks, sorry, three Chinooks and two CN-17s. This was all double dutch to me because I, I wouldn't be well up on helicopters. Um, and then on Sunday, he said we'd be doing a trial run at approximately 4pm. Would that be OK? I said yes. I just concerned about the pitch, you know, the size of these helicopters would, yes. would they do much damage. And he says, hopefully not. Um, he says, the pitch is very, very good condition. So um, he called me then at 3.30 on Sunday. He says, uh, the, the, the uh, helicopters are on the way. Uh, do you want to come up? So I said, of course. So we arrived then with some officials from our own Department of Foreign Affairs. And uh, then the next, the, the five helicopters could be seen coming across the dog bay. Which was quite and, uh, the sight. We saw the videos uh, and there's a couple of videos on, on LMFM Facebook page as well. This must have caused such a reaction in the area. No doubt everybody involved in the club was turning out to check this out, were they? Absolutely, absolutely. It's not every day you see a Chinook landing on the <laughs> market by park. So yeah, uh, someone, someone said on, on, on Facebook, uh, the coolies, Police defence will be hard to break down this year. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. Particularly now that uh, you know a US president's going to land there. So you know we're still unsure about what time to expect Joe Biden, but no doubt the welcome is going to be mighty and cooly. What have you got planned? Is there anything planned there? Uh, I thought of Michael Voipark. He, he, the, the plan is that he he'll just uh, come off the air or the helicopters, and then they have seventeen armored vehicles waiting to take him to his other appointment in the area. Uh, they wouldn't confirm what they are, but we believe that he's going to Kilwara Graveyard and uh, Carlingford to King John's Castle. OK, so very important question for you, Niall. Are you suited and booted in the Cooley Kickham's gear? Oh, oh, absolutely, the Cooley Kickham's attire with the crest uh, sitting out proud. Uh, some people asked me if we were going to present him with a jersey. Yeah. I, I believe that was done on his last visit when he was vice president in Lily Finnegan's. Uh, our honorary president at that time, Robert, Robert Marks, presented him with a framed jersey of the, from the club, so... Um, but, but an interesting story for you, Sinead. Yeah. My young lad, his name is Jason, so he's Jason Brady. So he, for Christmas this year, he gave me a, a, a Cooley Kickham's top with JB on it. Oh, he, brilliant. He made, a, he made a mistake, but as quick as lightning, he said when he seen the mistake, he says, Dad, you can give that to the US president whenever you meet him. Oh, listen. Uh, I laughed, I laughed, and then I said, wow. So at that stage, we, we had no idea that this was going to happen, so... So have have the top or the t-shirt in in the car, so maybe we might might be able to present. You it. might be lucky, yeah, because this is you did ask if you w- might be allowed to shake the president's hand, and what uh, what was the answer? Yeah, I, I spoke with the Secret Service, and they said, "Hey, man, that's twelve pay grades above our, our rank." So, but we will ask <laughs> the question, and um, if, it, if it can happen, we'll make it happen. So oh, we'll, listen, oh, f- make sure the palms aren't sweaty, Niall. Do you know what I mean? Like, just you know, make sure you give an L wipe of the hands before you do get. <laughs> 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 honour. But listen, it's a great day for Loud. It's a great day for, for Cooley Kickhams. It's so special to be part of it, Niall. I'm wishing you all the best. Hopefully the, the weather won't interfere with it at all. But uh, I'm, I'm delighted for you up there in Cooley and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely, Sinead. And thanks very much for, for, for taking our call. Absolutely delighted. Niall Brady there. Oh, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff as President Joe Biden arrives in Cooley at the pitch there. Are you going to be lining out from? I know there's so much preparations happening around the area. We will have details as well on traffic restrictions, that kind of thing, and, and little things that might impact on you. I'll give you those details as well as uh, the morning goes on. But first, back to the music. Shine bright like a diamond, man. Shine bright. Rihanna, Diamonds and LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, March marked the Irish Music Month with that we were running in association with Hot Press Magazine and the IBI and a phenomenal amount of acts from this local area and, of course, around the country were whittled down to a shortlist, which I can reveal. I'm going to do that for you after these. The 11 to 1 show. 
You might recall in March across the station here, we teamed up with Hot Press Magazine and the IBI and it was all to do with our Irish Music Month where we were throwing out basically a search for uh, phenomenal talent here in the in the northeast and following this talent search uh, featuring a genre blending selection of acts from right across the country, Hot Press and the independent broadcasters of Ireland are thrilled to now announce the six national finalists for a new local hero and an amazing group from this local area have been selected. We are so delighted about this. So out of the hugely talented 25 regional finalists, you have Brad Heidi, they're from Galway Bay FM, uh, Darian June from Red FM, Negro Impacto from here, LMFM, Temi in FM 104, Paddy Keys in Ocean FM and Eva Campbell in Spin 1038. They've been chosen to perform at the live finale showcase. That's going to be happening in the Academy in Dublin on April 25th. However, there is still huge opportunities for the 19 artists who didn't make the final six and we had some amazing artists from this local area in that 19 as well. So they have another chance, okay, because this new local hero also includes a special new element. So with the 25 regional finalists still within a chance to be crowned this wild card award, okay, but that's voted by you. So the wild card winner will be awarded a €2,500 birth you can cast your vote by heading over to irishmusicmonth.ie okay so that's given the the rest of the finalists who haven't made it the opportunity to maybe get that bursary which will be so so invaluable to them but we are thrilled absolutely thrilled and excited that Negro Impacto that we selected here from LMFM are one of the final six and I'm going to give you uh, their song now it's called Mini Excursion I am loving that. Negro Impacto Mini Excursion is the name of the song. That is the finalist from our local area going forward for the new local hero. And that uh, night is going to be happening April 25th in the Academy. These guys, by the way, they're a duo from Dundalk. Uh, So you have vocalist and songwriter Chi Chi and producer and multi-instrumentalist Lawrence uh, performing on this. And they are just ones to watch. And we are so thrilled that they've been selected. If you want to find more information and to vote uh, you can check out irishmusicmonth.ie There's Dermot Kennedy something to someone want to wish a very happy 40th birthday today to Lavinia McGuinness she's in Cullen want to wish you all the best that's coming in from lots of love from your mum Maggie dad brother Martin your sisters in New York and all your family and friends in Cullen lot of love coming in for you today hope you're having a fantastic birthday now imagine going out to eat in a restaurant and not only before you go to the restaurant you have to call in advance and make sure that you can get something that's gluten free Uh, also you are worried whilst you're in the restaurant that your food might be contaminated with gluten. This is the reality for celiacs like myself and uh, I have met very recently another uh, girl who is a celiac. She is a young girl, she's only 11 years of age and she had a bit of a disastrous trip to a restaurant recently which resulted in her being glutened which means she was very very ill after she visited the restaurant. We're going to be chatting to Isla Mitchell. She's the daughter of Sheena Mitchell, our regular pharmacist contributor to the show. We're going to meet them next the 11 to 1 show Going out for dinner in a nice restaurant is one of my most favourite things to do. But for a celiac like me, it can be really difficult. Will the restaurant provide meals, first of all, that are gluten-free? Will they be careful in preparing the meal and avoid cross-contamination and other food containing gluten? All things you have to consider. There's a lot of phoning ahead before booking, asking your server a lot of questions that can make you feel like you're just being awkward. So it's challenging for me, an adult, to navigate. Imagine what it's like for a child. Today I've invited regular contributors to the show pharmacist Sheena Mitchell back with us and she has a very special guest with her her daughter Isla who is a celiac like me and she is with her as well thank you both so much for joining me ladies you're very welcome Isla you're there as well you are She's there in the background with her mother and we should say this is Isla's radio debut and I'm thrilled, absolutely thrilled to have her on the show. But first we're going to chat to Sheena. Sheena, tell me what prompted the investigation into celiac disease for Isla in the first place? Well, I'm a bit of an autoimmune disease sufferer myself. So I have a form of arthritis, which is ankylosing spondylitis and during my diagnosis with that, I was having a lot of trouble or tummy trouble basically mm-hmm. and they suspected celiac disease and for a while after a couple of scopes they had me on a celiac gluten-free diet 
And as it transpired after a, a long kind of year of investigations, I don't have celiac. They, uh, they think I have what's called latent celiac. So mm. basically it, it's coming to a world near me soon. But in the meanwhile, they had recommended that we get the whole family tested, any blood relations, because, you know, the risks are so much greater when you have a, a blood family member who has celiac disease. So it was really through that that I got the three kids tested for celiac disease and Isla's blood test, which her local GP did really simply, when she was seven years old at the time, came back with really, really high markers for celiac disease. So after that, she was referred into the TALA system and her consultant there said that, you know, she would do a scope to confirm it. So that was done as a day case in Tala Hospital and a few weeks later we got the results and yeah. I remember I, I remember the scope myself. It's not nice at all. It's really not. My daughter would have went through the same, the similar thing as well. But prior to the diagnosis, were there any symptoms from Isla? No. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's silently there. Yeah. No. And like, you know, maybe there were that we just weren't identifying, like Mm. maybe there was kind of fatigue and stuff, but there was certainly nothing like, you know, and this is where I always say it's it's a hard one to manage because because she's had a gluten free diet now, she gets extremely symptomatic if she gets even a small amount of gluten. Whereas back then it just wasn't an issue. We didn't know. But I suppose the whole thing about celiac disease silently it was causing malnutrition, you know, so yeah. and damage, long-term damage to her stomach as well, you know. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, it, it really can be just so, so debilitating like that when you do kind of uh, stick to the diet and then when something uh, happens where you do eat something that's not gluten-free, all, 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 all hell breaks loose is the only way I can describe it. Uh, but, you know, in terms of, say, like I would have noticed myself, Sheena, with my daughter, Darren, she was always the small kid in class. She didn't really flourish uh, in terms of, you know, sort of growing growth, height, all that sort of thing. She was always quite small. Was there any of those kind of signifiers with Isla or was it just something that was off the radar for you altogether? No, like she's naturally very slim, but Mm. I actually don't think that's necessarily related to the celiac disease. You know, Um, her height was fine and well, actually, when she was diagnosed first, I used to say, well, I look, I was looked exactly like that as a child because she's very similar in appearance to me. And even my mother was like, yeah, and look at you now, riddled with all of But no, there wasn't. And that's where obviously it can be really tricky for families. So I suppose looking at the family history, I had a granny who had bowel cancer and I have other family members with a lot of uh, autoimmune disease and Obviously, diagnostics are getting so much better now Mm. than they were that I'd say my granny, you know, her bowel cancer was likely as a result of untreated. Like she ended up with colostomy bags and then ileostomy Mm. bags. So realistically, I'd say that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in terms of, you know, the changes, because there's a big change to diet, obviously, but there's changes around the home that you had to put in place. Yeah, it was a really, really big period of adjustment for all of us. Because I had been kind of dealing with it for myself, it wasn't as traumatic. But for any family with a child that's newly diagnosed and they're trying to come to terms with all that they have to learn, it it can be quite overwhelming. So, for example, in our house now, Isla's bread is stored in Tupperware containers in a Mm -hmm. different side, a different area to the kitchen than any of the rest of the bread products are contained. We had to buy all new chopping boards, a new toaster, We had to kind of move her. She was seven at the time, so she was still using plastic plates. And plastic plates are a no-no as a celiac because you cannot actually, no matter how much you clean them, gluten particles will stick in the little crevices that are formed and scratches on plastic. So that's why the chopping boards had to go. And, well, we just had to kind of get her own allocated ones that we keep separately now. And the same. So she moved on to Delft. Uh, which was fine. Look, she was seven, that was grand. But even things like non-stick pans, they're mm. the same. They can hold on to the gluten. And so we had to get new pans that we were, you know, kind of marked gluten-free. So there was a lot of changes like that. And then a lot of education because Isla is the eldest of three and we, I had three under three and a half. And so the other two aren't far behind, but obviously at the time would have been five and four. 
So trying to explain to them, maybe not to put their hands into things. Oh, and not I know, think. I know. It's yeah. a nightmare. And even, you know, the butters, I know you guys have a separate butter, obviously, for Isla as well. The same situation in our house too. I'm going to bring Isla in. Um, Isla, t- talk to me about, you know, what life was like for you. Because when you, when you got the official diagnosis that you're a celiac, how, how did you feel about that? So I was very surprised. I had no idea what it meant. And I'd never known it had existed before I got diagnosed. Yeah. So there was surprise. We were the same. You know, we didn't know what to expect with regards to this. And, you know, do you find it challenging sticking to the diet? Is it hard? Well, when we're at home, it's very easy because we're all very careful. And we're kind of all eating gluten-free meals. So at home, it's easier. Yeah, we're the same. You know, once you're at home, you're okay. But talk to me about what happened to you in a restaurant recently. So we went out to lunch and we'd asked three times about the sausages and mash, if they were okay. So we ordered that and we had our meals. And then about two hours later, we were at home and I started to feel a bit nauseous. And then um, I, I peaked for a good two hours. Basically, you were you were getting sick for a couple of hours, isn't that right? Yeah. So you were this, very weak. Yes, I can imagine. And like you had asked, you'd put the precautions in place. You'd ask the restaurant, "Is this definitely gluten free?" All this sort of stuff. So, how did you feel afterwards? Because you know, as well as being so so ill physically, you must have been extremely annoyed. Well, I don't. I'm kind of so exhausted. I am very annoyed, and I'm kind of like. Don't say it's gluten-free when it's not gluten-free. I prefer not eat at your restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And and this is, you know, something that can happen a lot. You know, you, you go to a restaurant and you do take all the precautions and you ask in advance and then something like this can, can happen and it's all down to kind of miseducation. Do you find the dining out experience frustrating as a celiac, Isla? Yeah, sometimes because... I don't want to be eating all the fancy adult meals with all the salads and the sauces. <laughs> I'm like, can I just get a burger? <laughs> Isla, I'm exactly like you. I just want to get a burger as well. And you know when you find a place that is really great for, for uh, celiacs, it's like winning the lotto, isn't it? It's so yeah. exciting. <laughs> it really and you is. come back like for and you're just there and you come back and you come back and you come back. <laughs> Absolutely, it really does. It really does. And all we want is gluten-free chips as well, which is so easy to do if they'd only put it in a separate fryer. I mean, it's just yeah. all we want. It really is. Um, so do you, uh, in terms of the holidays now, right? So we've just had Easter, a lot of focus on food, on chocolate, that kind of thing, and also Halloween. How do you sort of navigate around that? Do you find those challenging as well? So for it's not that challenging because we... So I go trick-or-treating on Halloween, like any normal person, gather up my sweets, and then we sort the sweets into a gluten-free bottle and a non-gluten-free bottle. Mm-hmm. We get the non-gluten-free bottle and we leave it outside my door. Um, and sometimes I leave it with a note, sometimes I don't. And we leave it for the switch witch, who then switches the non-gluten-free candy for gluten-free sweets. I love it. The switch witch. I need to remember that. She'll need to visit my house at Halloween. That is fantastic. And she comes back for, with gluten-free stuff the next day for you. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That is brilliant. And what about birthday parties then as well? Because this is another area that people don't think about when it comes to celiacs. You know, you're going to a birthday party, you're invited by somebody in school, you're excited for it, but you then have to worry about the food. Yeah. So we bring a pack lunch. And I could be bring like I might bring a brownie and maybe some pizza, so that I can still eat with everyone else. But I don't have to. I'm I'm not eating the yes I understand I understand and she's amazing Sheena she's amazing with this because you know I pitched an absolute fit when I was diagnosed as a celiac I was taking this all in her stride I mean she's brilliant with it isn't she she is and I think in a way she was kind of lucky because when she was seven she found out Maybe she hadn't, you know, developed the adult style rage yes. that we get when we hear bad news. <laughs> so she was very accepting. 
And we just spent an awful lot of time uh, educating her and her siblings, just making sure that they understood because, you know, we're not, you know, as Isla said there, everything's safe at home and easy at home. And we eat gluten-free dinners together, but say for lunch, it's now the other kids eat normal bread and everything else. Um, But for dinners, we're just not bothered cooked too. Yes, we eat the same. Yeah. Yeah. And like the other children have, kind of learnt along with Isla and to be fair are very good but she yeah I think she finds it frustrating even going into school sometimes you know Mm. people might bring in kind of cupcakes or something if it's a birthday and it's if it's something we can't kind of preempt or as Isla said in the podcast we recorded if her mother forgets oh listen throw in the mammy guilt yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. no, you know, oh no, and it can be very it can I, I know myself from, from Darren as well when she was younger as well there's a massive kind of missing out and even now when they have pizza parties in her school you know and, and you don't know in advance it is it's, it's frustrating so as a parent of a celiac child you know w- what changes would you like to see when it, when it comes to dining out because it's it, you know it shouldn't be this complicated Sheena no I think there's definitely an onus on restaurant owners first of all you know, to say whether or not they can provide gluten-free food safely. So I don't think that they should be entitled or able to kind of bob you off with a mm. yeah, yeah, that's fine. Because look, this results in a child obviously who spent two hours vomiting. Yeah. But not only that, any of the, I suppose, results that we had had with her small intestine recovering from the gluten-free diet is now back to square one for yes. another six months. Yes, you know, so exactly like there's I suppose increased risk of osteoporosis etc in the future it's just frustrating so I think that it should be taken with the, the seriousness that it is and that would be the first thing just we're quite happy as Isla said there for you to just say that we cannot cater mm. for a celiac then we will stick to the places that will and will do it well. And the other side of that then is restaurants really should engage with the Celiac Society of Ireland. Because we were only talking about this, 50,000 people in Ireland are confirmed celiacs with 400,000 with gluten intolerance. So for those 50,000 people, they are the decision makers in the group on who is going to, you know, choose That's an excellent point because uh, that's something that you bring up in the podcast with Isla that I'd completely kind of, I suppose, omitted from my own situation. Anytime I go out with friends or family, it is, Sinead, where can you eat? And that is Mm. the decision completely. And I suppose when I was thinking about it, like I'm a small business owner myself, so I'm kind of trying to understand it from the restaurant's perspective and I get that it's awkward to set up a separate area for food prep and I get that it might be annoying having to have a second fryer for gluten-free say goujons or chips but if you are smart you know people Mm. will you'll get loyalty and you'll get groups that have a celiac in it 50,000 people plus all of their friends and family will, you know, drive to your restaurant. Absolutely, and plus all the undiagnosed out there, and that's another thing as well. There's so many people in this country that are undiagnosed as celiac as well. So that's another thing to to, to be considering as you're listening to this. I think, you know, Isla, I think, first of all, you are amazing sticking to your diet. It's really hard. You don't complain or anything. I'm always complaining. So well done and all of that. And I think you're a fantastic spokesperson as well for, for celiacs. I want to thank the both of you so, so much for joining joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, it's Sheena and Isla's podcast, by the way, is out now. It's the Wonder Care podcast. It's out on all platforms. I shared it as well on my Instagram if you follow me there, wondercare.ie as well. And also, if you want to find out more, if you're a restaurant listening in and you want to find out more about how can you cater to somebody on a gluten-free diet, I highly suggest that you engage with the Celiac Society of Ireland. You can find them online as well. The 11 to 1 show. FM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 1976, Anne Rice's debut novel Interview with a Vampire is published and then of course becomes a classic and today is Yuri's Night. It's observed each year on this date. It's also popularly known as the World Space Party. It commemorates the first man to launch into space as well as humankind's extraordinary achievements in space exploration.
LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. News at 12 is approaching, but after that, the importance of exercise in perimenopause. Presenter Lorraine Keane is back with us. The 11 to 1 show. Is 19 years of age too young to head to the altar? Actress Millie Bobby Brown has announced her engagement. More on this on the way. But first, back to the music. Bruno Mars, Grenade and LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. WhatsApp and text lines are open, by the way, 086-1800-658. Just 19 years old and headed for the altar. Yeah, Stranger Things star Millie Bobby Brown. She plays 11 in the uh, Stranger Things series. She is apparently engaged to her boyfriend, Jake Bon Jovi, who's the son of John Bon Jovi. And I'm going 19 and they're engaged already. And I know they were going out about three years or something, but it's like, what's the rush? What is the rush? You're just 19. I mean, at that age, I was just figuring things out. I was figuring sort of, I didn't know what was going on in my life. I was about to head off and start college and all that sort of thing. You know, you're heading into a new chapter, aren't you, in your life? I know it's different for celebrities. You know, they live in a sort of a different world, really, don't they, to the rest of us? You know, but, you know, you've got the pressure from them being in the public eye, you know, just 19 years of age. I don't know. I think it's I think it's uh, very, very young to be thinking about getting married. But there you go. She is engaged, uh, it seems. Uh, she posted on Instagram uh, seeming uh, to confirm that they are set to tie the knot. Um, and I just think <sighs> you've got your whole life. Just, you know, take it easy. Take it easy. That's what I would say. I mean, I was dating my now husband, but I was dating him since I was 17. Um, but we didn't get married till our late 20s. And, you know, I just think, slow slow it down. Slow it down, Millie. You've just got loads of time. 19, only a baby running up the aisle. I don't know, what do you think? 19, too young to get married? Let me know. 086-1800-658. Now, more celebrity news. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. Ed Sheeran previewed a brand new song from his album Subtract on his arena tour last night. Here's a sample of it. Mix's Jade Thurwell has revealed she fought for Wasabi to be a single on one of the Little Mix albums. The song became a hit, but not as an official single. She said she doesn't hold a grudge against her label for not making it happen. Ariana Grande has had to post a three-minute video on her social media channels last night after fans commented on her body. She said she usually ignores it, but had to nip it in the bud this week. When I looked the way you consider my healthy but that in fact wasn't my healthy um and i shouldn't i know i shouldn't have to explain that but i do feel like maybe having an openness and that's the first thing healthy can look different the second thing is you never know what someone is going through so even if you are coming from a loving place and a caring place that person probably is working on it or has a support system that they are working on it with and you never know so be gentle. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Just returning to some messages that were coming in as Sheena and Isla were chatting to us about uh, Isla's experiences as a celiac and in restaurants, that kind of thing. Uh, they're coming in on 086-1800-658. Very interesting discussion, discussion. I had no idea all of these changes that had to be put in place like separate pans and toasters, that kind of thing. Oh, listen, it is a minefield. And I remember when my daughter was diagnosed first with celiac and then I was diagnosed and I just, yeah, I didn't know what to be doing. I had no idea that things like chopping boards, the separate butters. So we have to 
buy different butters and label them that kind of thing separate toaster as well in like another part of the kitchen you know um, it's just yeah it's crazy it really is crazy the level of, th- of uh, you know caution that you have to have with regards to it fair play to Isla as a fellow celiac oh another, there's another one but coming out of the woodwork I know how hard it is very annoyed to hear you were gluten yes and when I heard that Isla was gluten I was really annoyed and actually in the podcast with herself and Sheena they just say that they're frustrated and I I was going I would be outraged I'd be straight back to the restaurant you know um, because it is not only you know are you physically physically ill and, and feel so awful but like Sheena pointed out you're going back to square one because the damage that celiac uh, that gluten is doing in the inside is you know just tenfold people are thinking that celiac is a bogus and it's not an illness but a fashion like vegans yes this is another thing that's really really frustrating as well and chefs and restaurants don't know what contain gluten and they don't want to know they do, yeah, well this is, well I don't know about they don't want to know part right and I do hear what Sheena is saying in terms of it is extremely difficult, I would imagine, for uh, restaurants, particularly those that have a small kitchen area, because you do have to have a whole separate area. But it's it's about education. It really is about education around what uh, stuff contains gluten. Like things like, I had no idea, stock pots, you know, like a, a stock cube. There's only certain stock cubes that you can use. Stuff like this. All this stuff was like, you know, a complete minefield to me. And I'm still... Still learning as well when it when it uh, when it comes to all this kind of stuff, and um, so absolutely I, I appreciate what you're saying. But it you know that's one thing that I think that restaurants definitely and people generally need to you know take on board. Celiacs, we are not on a fashion trend. It is not just a diet. It is an autoimmune disease. Okay, uh, so that's putting that to bed. Afternoon, Sinead. Myself and my hubby, oh, on to our other topic about getting married at 19. Myself and the hubby got married at 17 and a half and 18 and a half. We're married this Thursday, 39 years. Oh, congratulations. Five kids, 12 grandkids. Uh, we haven't killed each other yet. Well, you see, okay. So it's obviously 17 and a half. An 18 and a half. My God, you must have been very mature though. I couldn't imagine being married uh, that young. But thank you so much for sending those in. Do keep them coming. 86 658 You know I love to hear from you. There's a razor, a little respect at LMFM's 11 to 1. I'm so excited to have Lorraine Keane back on the show with us. She has been just... Amazing, chatting about her own experience of perimenopause and navigating this different stage in life. And she's going to be back with us very shortly, giving us more advice about exercise and the importance of men uh, of exercising during this stage of life. We're going to chat to Lorraine next. The 11 to 1 show. For women experiencing perimenopause and menopause symptoms, the last thing you might want to do is exercise. However, having a regular exercise routine starting in the perimenopause can really impact and enhance how these years will be lived. And believe it or not, exercise can also be a really useful tool in actually reducing the symptoms as well. Joining me now to discuss the importance of good exercise routine during this time in your life is a woman who takes great pride in her health presenter, Lorraine Keane. She's back with me. Lorraine, lovely to have you on the show again. Uh, thank you, Sinead. Thanks for having me back on. Great to have you. Now, you are always somebody that would like be you know conscious of their health and exercise. Exercise has been very much a part of your daily routine that, for all your life, really. Yes, and I suppose the, the reason this conversation is so important, as you said, I've been talking about my perimenopause and menopause journey for almost eight years now, but I was actually in my ignorance, exercising the wrong way and eating the wrong way because we need to change how we eat and how we exercise after the age of 40, Sinead. So what I would have done in my past was, you know, a lot of running, Mm. spinning classes, a lot of aerobic exercise, um, absolutely exhausting myself because it would be after a day's work or before a day's work and I'd be pounding the pavements. And I found that even though I was doing a lot of exercise and with the kind of nutrition side of things, cutting calories, eating smaller portion sizes. Um, I would lose a little bit of weight to start off with, mm. but then I'd kind of get stuck in a rut. Um, my weight wouldn't budge, and then I'd slowly but surely put it back on again. So started to do a bit of research into the area. I was approached actually by um, a lovely guy called James Meyer Coe, who's the CEO of Duco Gyms in Ireland. And their ethos is to exercise less after 40 wow. and eat more 
which I loved the sound of. Oh, <laughs> I was yes, like, I'll give that one a try. That's great on paper, but also there's the anxiety yeah. that creeps in because we're so used to the other way, aren't we? Well, we are, you see, and, and I suppose what happens is your metabolism slows down and mm. um, you produce less growth hormone and that's the hormone that keeps our muscles and our bones strong um, and keeps you kind of more toned and in shape. And we you know, have more fat in our bodies. And yeah. that can be really soul-destroying when you're still exercising and, as I say, still watching what you eat. So what Jamie taught me was um, to do slower, kind of more more kind of focused training mm-hmm. um, and more kind of mind over muscle. So resistance training, using weights, but only do 20 minutes a day, three days a week. Um, Pilates can also be very good, especially reformer Pilates, because those machines also have resistance training and weights as well involved. So by doing less, but doing it more concentrated and using weights, it means that you're actually increasing your metabolism. You're producing more growth hormone. As I say, we hear about our progesterone and uh, oestrogen all the time, but growth hormone is hugely important. Um, And then you burn fat and you stay strong. And you see, for me in the past, I would have thought, oh God, if I lift weights, I'm going to get all bulky. I don't want to, you know... (laughs) I don't want to look like a weightlifter. That's not the look that I want. But actually it's not. You just get more toned and you get your shape back. So I suppose it's about what we've spoken about in this program so many times before, Sinead. It's educating yourself, you know. It's getting the information because knowledge is key. And I know I've told you before about the Essential Guide to Female Hormones, which Mm -hmm. is my little hormone Bible, which I adore. Um, And it's free. We're actually in our 10th reprint, which is fabulous. And what that little booklet does is it tells you through every natural life stage, so we have five from puberty to postmenopause, what we should be eating and how we should be exercising through all of those stages. And after 40, we need to be eating more protein. Yes, um, so, so that's your, your red meat, your fish, your chicken, all of that, um, because that then helps with our muscle mass and our bone density for our current health and our future health. More green veg, more pulses, beans, chickpeas, all of those fabulous little seeds that we can throw into cereals or desserts or anything like that. Um, They're all things that can help us with our hormone balance. But it's also to make sure that you're getting the right food so that you're helping your muscles to be strong and your bones to be strong for, as I say, your future health. Because we are living longer and we want to live our best lives for longer oh, definitely. and be as healthy as we can. Absolutely. And did you find a bit of a, an adjustment period then to, to move from, like you say, the, the high intensity yes. cardio to, to the weightlifting? Yes, definitely. Um, and, you know, to start off with like anything new, um, you know, you can you can feel it and you can certainly yeah. feel it the next day, but no, no uh, pain, no gain. Um, but the difference that it gives me with regards to energy and even just even my mental health, you know, well-being, oh, so I mean, it's really important. important. Yeah. You know, if you, like, if you like running, then of course run, but don't only run mm. because you think it's going to help um, your weight. You know, once you're doing, as I say, the right kind of exercise, so the, the weights, and I mean, you don't need to go to a gym. Yeah. You can do it at home. You can buy those little weights. I know during lockdown, a lot of us were using tins of beans and bottles <laughs> yeah. of water and shopping bags because you couldn't get anything when you needed to with everything being locked down and, and shut. But uh, yeah, it's just, you know what, if you, if you find out the, the information, I've actually got a lovely little podcast and a new one. Oh, very good. Talk Hormone Health Series. Yeah, so it is actually been released today, which is lovely. And um, it's about... All of that, you know, all we've spoken about, about being able to eat more and exercise less, mm-hmm. but doing the right types of exercise and eating the right types of food. And it just kind of simplifies it for everybody as well. You know, it's really important that um, that we have somebody to guide us through it because you don't want to be doing the, the wrong type of exercise. Oh, yeah. That was another thing I was concerned about because I had back surgery in 2012. Did you? So nice. I was really concerned, yeah, about, you know, lifting weights and, yeah. and doing it the wrong way. So it's really important that uh, yeah that we keep an eye on all of that and um, and yeah it just makes it makes it easier yeah uh, to, it really does yeah, just to, to feel good and look good that's exactly it and did you find as well as I mentioned there and I have heard this that uh, exercise can actually help with symptoms oh completely and doing the right types of exercise yeah because. You know, Dr. Mary Ryan, uh, who's the most incredible endocrinologist, you know, I've been touring Ireland with her for the last seven and a half years. Actually, she's a great little book out as well herself mm-hmm. called um, It's Probably Your Hormones. 
They'll look that one up. <laughs> I it's love amazing that. again for for everything. Yeah, from puberty to postmenopause, it gives all of the details that we need, um, and also in a very simplified uh, manner, but from the expert in the field. But she will always say that rest is hugely important, Sinead. Yes. And because we're all so busy, and after 40, I don't know, for me, I tend to be even busier now because even though I've got, got teenagers, um, you know, trying to juggle motherhood or career and then also looking after parents and stuff like that, you yeah. know, I think after 40 and 50, women take on even more. And rest is hugely, hugely important. So if you're coming home from work or you've had a long day or a stressful day and, you know, you don't feel like exercising, listen to your body. Mary mm-hmm. always says, you know, Dr. Mary Ryan always says, we plug in our mobile phones to recharge. We need yes. to allow our own bodies to recharge too because if you don't, then all you're doing is stressing out that pituitary gland, which we know produces the hormones. And then the symptoms get worse because your hormones become even more unbalanced. So, yeah, it's, it's just so knowing... Much what to do. Yeah, and also supplements are important unless you know for sure that you're getting all of the omega-3 that you need to have in your diet daily for your current health and your future health. That's cognitive, heart, uh, bone, health. Then, you know, you do need the supplement. The same with B vitamins, vitamin D, as we know, is so important for our immune system. And we, use, we actually lose so many of the really good stuff from our food, no matter how healthy we're eating by the time it arrives at our, our place because of the journey that it goes through. So yes. really important to have a supplement. And you know, Menamin has been my lifesaver for eight years now. So, and it's just great to know that in those two little capsules every morning, I'm getting everything that I need to, to feel and look my best now and in the future. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and like you say, yeah. it's just part of the routine, part of the routine. And, you know, I did notice that you're one of the many people who embraced sea swimming. Uh, fair play to you, Lorraine, because <laughs> I only swim. <laughs> mad in, uh, jokes, one of the mad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> in the heat wave. Uh, but, you know, have you found this has been a huge benefit as well to the mental health as well as the physical? Well, you see, well-being is hugely important during this stage as well. So for me, I, I can't believe that you know, swimming all year round in the freezing cold Irish Sea is something that makes me feel good, but it actually does. Like, it's amazing. And, and you know, you, you always know that the first minute or two is going to be Horrendous. a challenge. You know, yeah. it's, it's absolutely freezing. <laughs> but it's the buzz that you get afterwards. It sounds so mad, but it actually just makes you, makes you feel so much better. And honestly, I think that has also, in, in some way, um, and I've no proof, but in some way that has also helped me with my symptoms yeah. and with my metabolism and I still haven't had a hot flush I wonder is that why you know Ooh, interesting yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're know, taking all the heat out of your body plunging into the sea maybe yeah frightening the life out of the hot flush <laughs> but, um, but no I think it's just as I said you know getting the information you know listening to, to the podcast maybe yeah. will help you out will guide you through it and, um, and mind yourself look after yourself you know Irish women are devils, you know, for looking after everybody else and not thinking of themselves and thinking, oh, I'll be grand, don't mind me, you know, while they, they look after everyone else. We need to, to be okay about looking after ourselves, you know, and loving yeah. ourselves and minding ourselves because, you know, we're no use to anybody unless we do that. So yes, fill think, our own you know, cup first. Saying, I'll be grand. Yeah, yeah you completely. know, and then help everybody else. But. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, it, we, just, we just we don't need to suffer. Yeah, yeah, completely. I'm getting a message here for you, Lorraine. Uh, I've never ex- mm-hmm. really exercised before, but really want to take up some form. Uh, what advice would you have for me? This is coming in on oh eight six one eight hundred six five eight. Probably, as you said, there slowly and gently, maybe is the is the key thing. Yeah, well, I would say firstly do the exercise that you love. Yes, there must be something that you like. If that's walking the dogs in the fresh air, which is one of the exercises I love, you know, pick up the pace a little bit. Do that. Do that because you will you will continue to do it because it's something that you love. Yeah, and it's good for your your well being and your mental health as well, which are hugely important. And secondly, try even just start with five minutes a day, work up to ten minutes, and then maybe twenty minutes three times a week is what I do. Do your weights. You know, buy your, your weights, put on some music that you like, um, you know, rock it out, dance, yes. do whatever it is, that, that, uh, but with weights as well, because it honestly is, it's the weights that make the difference. They're the things that give us the, the, you know, the healthy and strong muscle mass and bone density. And that's what we need for now and for our future. 
uh, health as well. Um, so yeah, so physical exercise that you love. Absolutely yeah. great advice as always, Lorraine. Uh, that podcast you mentioned, Let's Talk Hormone Health, that's out today on all platforms, yeah? It is, and also on cleanmarine.ie, Sinead. Cleanmarine.ie is the best place to go. Thank you so much, Lorraine, as always, for joining us with all that advice. Yeah. Thanks Thank a million. you so much, Sinead. Talk to you soon. Bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Great advice there from Lorraine, as she mentioned there. Let's Talk Hormone Health. That is the name of the podcast. Also, the book that she mentioned by Dr. Mary Ryan is called It's Probably Your Hormones. I think that's one that we all need to get. But all the information you can find at cleanmarine.ie. Oh, the 11 to 1 show. Want to wish another happy birthday uh, coming in on 086-1800-658. This is for Marie Boschel in Cullen. Uh, that's coming in with lots of love from your little son, Logan, and all the McGuinness family in Cullen. Hope you're having a fantastic birthday, Marie. We're going to dedicate Miley Cyrus just for you. We've got music from the Cranberries on the way for you. But first, it's time for Job Search. LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Clonmore, an an intellectual disability service requires carers in the Meath area. Please apply with your CV to info at clonmore.ie. That's C-L-A-N-N-M-O-R dot I-E. Or there's a phone number 086-603-6322. The Valley in Malera requires a full-time head chef, competitive salary with bonus. To apply, contact John on 087-984-2969. You can also email him, John O'Connell Valley Inn at gmail.com. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on the website lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. I heard the strains of this coming out of my daughter's earphones the other day and I was like, yes, she's into good music. It was a good moment. I felt like I had a parenting win, you know. Some of my music tastes rubbing off and I did the air cranberries with linger. Now, something very cool is happening on World Earth Day in Dundalk, the Drive Virtual Driving Academy. I'm going to tell you all about it just after these. The 11 to 1 show. World Earth Day is coming up on April 22nd and Drive Virtual Driving Academy they are Ireland's first car simulator driving school based in Dundalk they are offering free driving lessons all day at their studio in Dundalk on April 22nd so they are hoping to promote sustainable driving practices and encourages people as well to learn about eco-friendly ways of learning to drive that can help reduce their carbon footprint it's also a really good opportunity for individuals who may not have had access to driving driving lessons maybe due to your financial constraints that sort of stuff Uh, so they're going to be doing this on World Earth Day April 22nd at their studio in St. Williams's Mall which will be uh, open to anyone over the age of 16 so they have um Things like the the simulators can simulate different weather conditions, traffic, other driving scenarios. Uh, people, you know, as well who might have a disability can uh, avail of this as well. People maybe with anxiety issues around learning to drive, that sort of stuff, and might prefer to learn in more of a kind of controlled environment could could check it out as well. So there you go. Uh, the places though are limited, um, so booking is essential. So you can check it out. Drive Virtual Driving Academy on their website. Benny King, stand by me. And before that, Picture House with Sunburst. Uh, just before we go, want to let you know that tomorrow I will be bringing you a little report from Drihid Youth Theatre's rehearsals. They are busy rehearsing for their show Night Witches, which is going to be performed this weekend. And it's a very interesting story about the female aviators that were banned from combat in World War Two, And they are bringing this story to the stage. So that's coming up on tomorrow's show. That is our lot of the show for today. Thank you to all the guests and to you for your company. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll chat to you tomorrow. The 11 to 1 show.